Thank you. We're just going to look at the word now. Just see what God has to say uh, to us. If, if you're following us from previous Sundays, we're in part seven of a study in the book of Revelation under the title, More Than Conquerors. God has called us as his people into an overcoming life. A life where our heads are above the water, a life where our faith makes us strong, where we can have confidence in God that whatever comes our way, we are able for it in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we are more than conquerors. And we're on part seven, we're looking at Revelation chapter 12. So if you've got a Bible, um, get it. Revelation chapter 12, if you don't know where Revelation is, it's the last book in the Bible. And uh, if you're interested in following this series, um, you can find it on Harvest Church Croydon on YouTube. Harvest Church Croydon on YouTube. There are playlists. One playlist says Sunday teaching, and that's all the sermons on this series are there. If you go to on the playlist Digging Deeper, then each week after the sermon, the following Thursday, I release a video that goes into the whole chapter or chapters in much more depth. That's for people who are hungry for the Bible, people who are hungry to understand. And particularly in Revelation, there's a lot to understand and to get your head round. Um, so we're looking at Revelation chapter 12, and before I get there, can I just remind you that it's less than 10 weeks to Christmas? Hey. I just want to say that. It's less than 10 weeks to Christmas, and um, it's going to be an interesting Chris Christmas because we don't know as yet whether we're going to be able to meet together as a family for the traditional Christmas. We don't know for sure as a church whether we'll be able to meet on Christmas morning and celebrate together and, and worship. I think we have to bear in mind for a lot of families, they are wondering where are they going to get the money to celebrate Christmas in the usual way with presents because of uh, job layoffs and redundancies and, and all the rest. So it's going to be an unusual Christmas, but do you know what? The message doesn't change. Remember at the beginning we said we deal with certainties. The message of Christmas will not change because of this virus. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, we were reading it earlier, is there is there it's unchanged it was this it was true yesterday it's true today it will be true on christmas morning so uh, we will be breaking into our series probably uh, mid-november we'll be leaving revelation until the new year and we'll be focusing in on the christmas message um, and this is relevant to what we're going to talk about this morning because Christmas, the Christmas message is essentially found only in about four or five chapters of the Bible. In Luke, Luke's Gospel, 
you'll find the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and saying to Mary, you're going to have a baby, a miracle baby. You're going to have a virgin birth. You're going to give birth to a little boy. His name is going to be Jesus, for he'll uh, take the sins of the world on himself. And Luke goes on to tell the story of them traveling to Bethlehem, not necessarily on a donkey. And then it will go on to tell the story of the shepherds coming from their fields to find the baby in the stable. And then if we go to Matthew's gospel, Matthew tells the story of Joseph and how the angel spoke to Joseph in a dream and said, Mary is going to have a baby. Don't be afraid to take her as your wife because this baby is conceived of the Holy Spirit. And Matthew goes on to record the visit of the wise men, not to the stable, but to the house where they were living later on. So that's the story as we know it. And John, as we've read earlier, describes the significance of the events. He doesn't describe the events themselves, but he says the word became flesh. This is what is happening. The message that God has for the world, the plans that God has for the world in terms of salvation and a future are going to be embodied in my son who is going to become human for you. The miracle of the incarnation. But listen, there's no mention of a dragon. In our Christmas story, it's all swaddling, it's all nice, it's about babies, it's about people visiting and cooing to the baby. We can all identify with that, but there's no dragon described. And yet the dragon is there. And the only way we know that is by reading Revelation chapter 12. So we're not going to read the whole chapter, but we'll read the first six verses. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God 
where she might be taken care of for one, two, six or days. Now, if some of that story is just going over your head, don't worry about it because I will explain uh, some of it today and I will explain the whole chapter in Digging Deeper, part seven. Those of you who listened to Digging Deeper, part six, you already know what 1260 days is about, don't you? All right, let's have a look. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Now, were it not for the fact that later it tells us that this baby will rule all nations with an iron scepter and that the baby was snatched up to God and to his throne, we wouldn't have known necessarily that this baby is Jesus, but he is the only one that fits that category. So we know who the baby is. And if you know who the baby is, then you can work out who the mummy is. And the first answer would be, oh, the mummy is Mary. So Mary, maybe she is the woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. But in actual fact, he, uh, the, the word is describing not so much Mary, but Mary is the representation of a nation. Mary is a Jew. And the covenant promises upon Israel are also upon Mary. The covenant promises tell us through the scriptures that the virgin will conceive and will give birth to a child. The prophetic promises from Genesis 12 onwards speak of the, of the fact that the Jews will be a blessing to all nations. And so verse 1 and 2 is speaking about the old covenant people of God. The old covenant people of God are amazing. We, incidentally, in case you don't know, we are the new covenant people of God. Jesus instituted a new covenant. We are the new covenant people of God. But the old covenant people of God, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Aaron, Elijah, David, Solomon, Deborah, all these characters from the Old Testament, Miriam, they're seen here as glorious clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet. Twelve stars, the twelve tribes of Israel. Here is the glorious old covenant people of God. Now, if you look carefully at the old covenant people of God, they're not so glorious. They're about as glorious as you and I are, as the new covenant people of God. They've got spots and wrinkles faults and failures, just the same of us as us. So why are they glorious? Well, they're glorious because they're gods. Their glory is not in themselves. Their glory is in the God who has committed himself to them. You know, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, then all that 
is Jesus is conferred on you when you are in Christ. So even though you're not perfect, yet in Christ you are holy. Even though you are sick, yet in Christ you are healed. Even though you are dead, yet in Christ you are alive. These are the blessings that come to us. Here is Mother Israel. And so we take ourselves now to Bethlehem and there is Mother Israel personified in Mary giving birth to her baby. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon. Seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns. Uh, so complete headship strength in the horns this is a real leader this entity is a great leader its tail has swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth this is another depiction i believe of the fall of satan remember we preached on this a few weeks ago i saw satan fall like lightning from heaven and as he falls he brings with his tail a whole horde of fallen angels now to be referred to as demons fallen angels falling to the earth no longer able to ascend into the holy place in heaven and there they are standing in front of the woman how close how close well not close enough revelation 20 incidentally in case you're wondering revelation 20 verse 2 says he sees the dragon that ancient serpent who is the devil or satan so dragon serpent devil even destroyer from a previous chapter they're all referring to the enemy of our souls to the devil to satan the accuser of the brethren and there he is standing symbolically in front of the woman and as i said earlier that's not something we see in our christmas story normally i often think to myself is that why the angels are surrounding Bethlehem? Are they there simply to be a choir, to sing glory to God in the highest? Are they there simply to have a praise party? Are the angelic hosts all there just for the shepherds to tell them the message? Or are they there because the dragon is there? All over the ages, all through the generations, the devil has been asking himself the question, which one is it? As each baby boy is born, which one is it that will fulfill the promise in Genesis 3? You will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head 
And the signs are that this is the one. So I can almost hear Father God saying, Gabriel, Michael, Satan and his demons must not get near this holy place. I want every hillside covered. I want the stable surrounded. My son will place his head on a wooden manger carved from wood from a tree that he himself made and caused to grow. And at this point in the flesh, he is vulnerable to every attempt by the dragon to destroy him. She gave birth to a son. A male child. She did it. The glorious woman, she did it. The dragon was kept at bay. He couldn't get near. The demonic hordes had to retreat. A male child who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. <laughs> Only revelation could do this. Two sentences have taken us from the incarnation to the ascension without even mentioning the boyhood, the teenage years, the adult years, the three and a bit years of public ministry, the death on the cross, the resurrection from the dead. All that is not relevant at this point in time in the revelation. What the Lord wants us to see is God delivered the baby safely. And after job was done, he took the baby away safely. And the bit in the middle, we can leave to other bits of the Bible. Incarnation to ascension. Listen, what does this tell me? Just a few things came to mind. First of all, God didn't give his son at the cross. God gave his son at the cradle. His son left home at Christmas to be born as a baby. Jesus did not lay down his life outside Jerusalem. He laid down his life inside Bethlehem. And there's a real mystery here. Praise God, Mary didn't drop the baby. Praise God, the manger was well enough built to hold the baby safely. Praise God, he didn't fall foul of um, any disease or sickness or cholera or anything like that that might have killed him. He is completely protected by the Lord, by, by Father God. Vulnerable, but protected. Can you see the mystery? I don't understand it. Don't try. He will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us, because the Son has left home to live with us. 
The woman, oh yes, the woman. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for one, two, six old days. The woman has lit the touch paper and now the whole thing has kicked off because the dragon is furious. The demonic hordes are raging because they've missed it and the woman is to blame and the woman flees into the desert. This is the old covenant and the new covenant church of God fleeing into the desert, into the wilderness for one, two, six, oh days. I won't go into one, two, six, oh again, but the meaning of it is this is not the whole story. Yes, the covenant people of God, God's children are in the wilderness, but that is not the whole story. That's certainly not how it is in totality, because the church, at the same time it's in the wilderness, is also in the world, witnessing, advancing in the gospel. Yet in terms of the dragon's attempts to destroy it, it's as safe in the wilderness as Moses and the children of Israel were safe in their wilderness. They were on the move, they were going somewhere. Yes, it would take them 40 years, but they would get there because God is leading them, he's protecting them, he's looking after them, he's working out his purposes in and through them. And so we, as the covenant people of God, are in the protected wilderness by God, far away from the dragon and, and his demon forces. So when Jesus said, it's finished, yes, he has ascended to glory. The dragon is not in control. And the church is protected. And as we dig deeper throughout the rest of the chapter, we will see the church, you and I, described in particular because this woman is going to have offspring and her offspring are going to be gloriously protected and we are her offspring. We are the true Israel of God. We are true sons and daughters of Abraham through faith. The word makes that clear. So, what do I want to say to you this morning in conclusion? Two things, two things. Pam, please come up. Two things I want to say to you this morning. One, you may feel like you're in the desert. But let me tell you, you're safe. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have received his offer of salvation into your spirit, if you have turned away from your old ways, repented of your sins, if you have passed through the waters of baptism, if you have received the Holy Spirit into your life, 
You might be in the desert, but you're safe as you look to him. Secondly, God has your back. In fact, when I wrote this down, I thought God has your back, your front and your sides as well. God is with you. I remember we've been singing the blessing that God is before you and behind you and beside you, that he is for you. He is for you. And that is the message of Revelation 12. Just as God protected his son and took him through all the things that he had to go through, including the cross, because remember, no one took the life of Jesus. Not Pilate, not the high priests, not the Roman soldiers. The word says that he gave his life. And God took him through it and snatched him up to himself and to the throne. Hallelujah. And do you know, he will do the same for you. He will keep you in the desert. And when your time comes, when my time comes, he will snatch me up and take me to himself forevermore. And that will be glory. Amen. 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 Please Amen. pray for us, Pam.